0: you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right, roll it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
3: Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time. It's time for, for couples, couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's. Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies. Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling. To messy situations, and conscious and coupling. From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu. Text, sex, regrets, so feeling on your new boo. They gon' talk about it, ah. Yeah, you are invited, ah. Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's everyone
1: and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy.
0: And I am Naomi.
1: (laughs) Cadence matching. Isn't that what
0: a marriage is about?
1: (laughs) Uh, And we are a real life couple. Real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy. In quarantine. You know what we do whatever the hell we want. Ain't that the truth 2021. And uh, what the hell we want is talking to people we like and... Them answering advice questions from listeners.
0: Or just telling me how they make love work. Mm-hmm. Tell me how they <laughs> um, a weird... engage with human beings and have fulfilling relationships.
1: I really thought you were going to say, and tell me how they make love. I was like, <laughs> <"What>? <laughs> weird. No. Why would I do that?
0: Especially with today's guests, Andrew. <laughs> but for someone who is publicly sex negative. Exactly. Publicly sex negative. That's why it's how you make love work. You have already heard the dulcet tones of today's guests. We have father Ooh. and daughter, Ooh. John and Jesse Ennis. Come on, baby, oh this is beautiful. Gosh. This is a parental moment. You know I'm like very into dads. Mm-hmm. It's very foreign to me. I was like very much fetishizing <laughs> their dynamic. But if you don't know John, John has been on Mr. Show. Yes. The TV show Dead to Me, Drunk History, so many things, all right? And Jesse, you know Jesse from Mythic Quest, where she's giving me LOLs. But if you haven't seen MQ, which you should have seen because I am on it, you may have also seen her on the TV show Love, Better Call Saul, or in the movie Life of the Party. Mm-hmm. Okay, Deep. so these are just a father and a daughter. They are booking. They are blessed. <laughs> they are bonded. Okay, that's them. Booked, blessed, bonded.
1: This Is, is this the first uh, parental child duo
0: that we've had on the podcast i now believe we've, so we've had a number uh, on the live when this used to be a, it, we had a number i think we had one uh, well, that is a number i guess <laughs> but not multiple
1: it's not imaginary it's not the square root of negative one yeah it is uh, no but like uh no caroline castiglia exactly and her daughter and exactly. then um ruby and marcel All right, so two is a number. Yes, two is a number. Back when this used to be a live
0: show in a uh, East Village bar. Oh my God, we were young then, (laughs) circa 2015. We had no idea what was coming. So many things we didn't know were coming. Hey, but you
1: know what, Naomi, the psychic. Can can you do you feel slightly lighter? The psychic burden. Now, of course, it is January. It is 90 degrees outside in Los Angeles. (laughs) There is human ash floating everywhere in the air, so it is dystopic. However, however, psychic burden slightly light
0: i mean we were literally what was it um we were walking mabel that was that wednesday tuesday tuesday night
1: no last the day of the inauguration
0: yeah but that was was that what day of the week i don't know what day of the week it was that's my point wednesday i know it was the 20th but i was like what is that date wednesday we were literally walking mabel and then you know she was having like a little sniff slash growl with another dog and then that dog's owner he's like today's a good day isn't it (laughs) like apropos of nothing we didn't do anything and we were like yes Mm -hmm. and he's like He's like, I just feel a little better. Like literally, total stranger bonding, coming together, mm-hmm. and that was beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. You know how I knew it was a Wednesday, Naomi? How? Because we had just done our Twitch show. Gorgeous, honey. I block it out right after it's done, and that's not not that's not because it's a ama- It's not amazing and wonderful and fulfilling. It's just that I'm so depleted. I'm mm-hmm. like James Brown. I just need you to throw a throw a cape on me and help me get on up.
1: You know, Naomi, the hardest working woman in Twitch. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. Yes,
1: every Wednesday we do a Twitch show. It is just me and Naomi, most of the time, uh, just talking to you, the audience. We uh, interact with the chat. I write a bit. It's quite
0: fun. Um. Also, I wouldn't call you the audience. When it comes to the Twitch show, you're a member of the CTQC Couples Therapy Quarantine Crew, all right? It is a mood, as the kids say. It is a lifestyle, and it also pops off. Am I using all those things correct? Hey, well, you're not that old. I feel that old. I there feel is that old.
1: I have a, I have thought that there should be like if you use slang that is like, there there should be you should have a feeling about what slang is like. Wait, like if I use the word bop like yeah, that's a Bob. <laughs> little too young for me. Yeah. It should automatically trigger your AARP benefits. Wow, if you use okay, okay, slang that's way too young for you.
0: Okay, then like your phone just buzzes and it's like <laughs> the surveillance state has heard you. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you are now officially <laughs> NSA.
1: So look, there's not much we can do. Look. Unless there's a uh, large working class uh, organized uh, mass movement. Not much we can do about the NSA. So maybe we can put them to work. You listen in. If you think
0: someone is way too old for the slang they're using, you trigger their AARP (laughs) benefits, okay? Well, the NSA does have a very large department devoted to podcasts. So I think that now that you put that out, it will give people some thoughts. And that's beautiful.
1: Until Edward Snowden rides in on a white horse with a sword.
0: Is there anything else you want to tell them,
1: babe? Uh, Oh, he's not listening. He'll never listen, but happy birthday to my dad.
0: Happy birthday. (laughs)
1: Happy birthday, Martin.
0: Marty B. And,
1: of course, by Martin, I do mean (laughs) the TV show, (laughs) because it is the 30th anniversary of the TV show Martin starring Martin Lawrence. Is it really the 30th? I don't know. Oh, I was like, (laughs) it could have been, quite honestly. (laughs) That was my dad's birthday. He was also named Martin.
0: Andy, I know that. Speaking of dads, <laughs> shall we get to it? Oh yeah, this is the stuff. Roll it.
1: This is our first uh, parent-child pairing on the sh- on the actual podcast. Itself. I know. Well, this it was is a live you. show. We had a couple.
4: Well, well, as you watch Jesse parent me, you'll understand our relationship.
1: <laughs> John, I don't know if you'll remember this. I have another podcast called Beginnings. Of course I do. Seven years ago. Yeah, I remember
4: everything. Wow.
1: I rented uh, When I first moved out here for a writing gig, I uh, rented a very depressing apartment (laughs) on Los Fields Boulevard. And you came over and you were on that show and you were bragging about your daughter. And I was just like, yeah, right. (laughs) Obviously not, not like, not in, I didn't say that out loud because I'm not a a jerk. Of course. But But, like in my head. head, I'm like, all right. Uh, and then, independently, I saw Jesse in something, and I was just like, "Oh, she's really funny." And only like, only when I think Naomi was on Mythic Quest did I put
0: two and two together, and I'm like, "Oh, right, he was right to brag about it." <laughs> wow <laughs> that's wow. so nice andy thank you <laughs> that's so sweet that you were bragging about her she wasn't around you were just like my daughter's the best this is like huge for me a dad you know like a dad period is huge for <laughs> yes me. and then also a present dad i'm just very into this and just how that works um
4: i'm, and then- I'm not necessarily much of a self-promoter mm-hmm. but um you know when, when talking about jesse it's very easy to get carried away and i get the wind in my sails pretty quick
0: Well, that you have to, you know, Jesse's a tour de force, you know, Barry Jenkins, Oscar winner, Barry Jenkins loves Jesse.
3: Dad, do you know that? Are you aware of that, dad? No. Yeah. See, my dad brags about me a lot, but I'm not so great about bragging about myself.
4: No, she really doesn't. She's just about the next hard work and can we work and let's work. She works and works and works. And and I love your performance on the show. You're wonderful.
0: Oh my god! Me too. Thank you so much. Um, no, I, I, t-
4: I told Jesse that when I first saw you, I said she's great.
0: Oh, thank you. And I think you and I like. I think you and I met on an episode of Adam Ruins Everything. Yes, Also, we did. ages. And then no, you weren't the one who was um fostering cats. There was someone else in the room. No, I usually play
4: either a racist, a sexist, <laughs> or a, or a bigot on that show.
0: <laughs> historical, like you're using like historical. Well, they kid. call
4: me in knowing about my skill set. <laughs>
3: It's his typecast.
0: It was so typecast. But I just remember because that was my first time working in L.A. and I come from New York. It was like filming downtown and we were in some warehouse, you know, they converted. And then we were like in whatever our holding room was. It was like really warm, I think. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. it was a hot room. And then there was like another guy there who I just remember distinctly. He was on the phone with his wife and they were like bottle feeding kittens. And he was like talking (laughs) to her through it the whole time. And I was just like. This is Hollywood, I guess. <laughs>
5: That's great.
0: What happens here? What, Andrew? You Sorry, no. so befuddled.
1: Oh, no. I got stuck in my head. I was picturing it. And then I was picturing you as like this neophyte out here being like, I guess everyone fosters kittens in Hollywood. Like you not knowing what the business was. <laughs> I was and- like, I got to get something so yeah. people like me. Um- and then you really move out here and you find out it's just a bunch of sociopaths tearing <laughs> each
0: other's throats out. And that's what brings me to you guys, you know, um, not sociopaths, not tearing each other's throats out. Because, you know, you, I remember, again, I was telling your dad just before you came in how, like, you know, we had asked you to do the show live. And I was, and you were like, and I was like, maybe with your dad, because I wasn't sure. And you were like, oh, absolutely. We have so many stories. Um, How long have you guys been besties?
3: I mean, let's see. I'm 29 now, so...
4: So, yeah, 28
0: years. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, always, though, like, you've always been close. Like, I'm going to talk to my dad about what's going on in my heart.
3: Yeah, and I feel like there have been situations where I'm talking to a friend about, you know, maybe even, like, sex advice. And I'm like, well, my dad always says, and she's like, why the fuck do you have have something that your dad always says? But, like, my dad always said, if someone smells bad to you, it's because you might be related to them, so don't make out. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. John, what?
4: This is another way to begin to eliminate possible options and say that may not be right for you. <laughs> and, and and trust your nose. <laughs> you know, you you got to trust your nose with humans, for God's sakes. When people tell me they fell in love with someone online, I think did you smell their hair? Have you held know. their hands? <laughs> well, that was love?
1: It I don't, seems I had a business idea where you would send people your scent.
0: Ooh, I like Just it.
4: Oh, that's nice. I want to see what the scent gatherer is. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, How God. is
4: this done?
0: In the gig economy. You right. Know.
4: We're going to send you a little sponge, and here's what you're going to do.
0: <laughs> that way you're like, oh, I
1: like this person's smell. We should meet. You,
4: you know real. what? Hello, Angela.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Angela. No,
4: sweetie, that's Cheryl. Oh, oh, I... <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, you can't get them mixed up, or else you'll get married to the wrong. Well, now person.
4: you're on a date, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's freaking Cheryl." I was an, I was you're allergic to this. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Oh, or not not to undercut this multi million dollar idea, but a reality show <laughs> called Sense, Sense, oh. Sense and Sensibility, and you just and an
4: app. And yep. an, app. Yep. Smell, an app. You just gotta have
3: an Dad only you, just found out like, about apps, so he's pitching apps all day long.
4: I'm very excited.
3: <laughs> he's like, I know about apps. Apps.
1: <laughs> it's like a, It's like a, you. You have three smells in front of you, and you. You pick which one you want. You like that registers with your brain the most, and then you go on a date with them.
0: Oh, I just thought you go on a date with the scent.
1: Wait, wait, wait. But I do want to go back to like the boundaries thing. Because <laughs> not much. Uh, both Naomi and I have very strict boundaries with our parents. Yeah. Like very like we'll talk about movies <laughs> and uh, that might be it. And politics. Uh, but within reason. Within reason. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty far left. So we try not to even talk about that stuff. So movies and television is uh, is our hard boundaries with our parents. But you guys, uh, a lot more open and fluid. Yes. Is that just a function of being uh, raised in Los Angeles? <laughs> raised in
0: Los Angeles.
4: I think I think part of it is when Jesse was born, I worked at night and was home with her all day. And I mashed up all her organic food and everything mm. that went into her system was like I made sure it was there was nothing but the best. Nothing but the best things. <laughs> And I would wake up and she'd be asleep. I mean, I'd be asleep and she, I would wake up and she would have her hands like this on my head watching TV, but she'd be on my back. <laughs> so all day, no matter what it was, we were connected. We were just yeah. always with each other, like two monkeys. We were just on each other. We were part <laughs> of each other. And truly, I uh, when her sister was born and her brother were born, there was other things in place. But Jessie, I got to be with her every single day, every oh. single day. Best
0: time of my. Now yeah, he's crying. I was going to ask that whether you were an only child because, of course, that's, I thought you were an only child. But, no, you're a favorite child. Yeah. And that is No, the no, no.
4: She, she went on my Facebook page, Naomi. And she wrote as if it was me and said, Jesse, it's true. You're my favorite child. So <laughs> she's on. Oh, and at the end, what was the little way that you let us know it was you, Jess? Uh, I'm not
3: sure, doc because it was like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was
4: it was very funny though because at the time I'm like, I didn't write this, did I? Oh my god, what have I written? When did I do this? I
3: probably just put some random asterisks and like, you know,
4: computer science <laughs> made it seem like it was me. Made it
3: really seem like it was authentic. But yeah, we've always we've never really had boundaries. We've always been very very close and I feel like I remember really young, my parents saying, if you have any questions, ask us, because we're never going to judge you for any questions. And we always want to help you. And, the, and the-
0: Wait, your parents never judged you and always wanted to help you. Andy, are you hearing this? <laughs> uh, sorry. Do it, you get it? I hear it, but I can't
1: compute it. No, no, no. It. Yeah, it's like, I'm, wa- it's like I'm, I'm watching something in French. And uh, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have the subtitles on. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, yeah. Wait, what is, th- what is yeah, it? Go on. What is it to not be judged by your parents? Yeah, this is wild.
3: So yeah, I, I just feel like there was always uh, such an open door policy at our house. Like, you know, if I had any any questions about anything, you know, I would ask my dad, even if it was like a feminine thing, and then he would figure out the answer and the two of us would figure it out together.
0: That's so fun. That's so sweet. So that's probably why you have such a healthy self-esteem. And like, I mean that like you're a chill, like, you know, you, to me, like when I met you, like you to me carry a quiet confidence. Like you're not a person, you don't seem like an anxious person or a, um... Self-conscious <laughs> person I Like, like I just give you I- this energy Of just like I don't know where to be right now You know Like I, you don't have that
4: I don't think I've ever said this To anywhere 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 out loud anyway But when Jesse was 8, 9, 10, 11 We were at Lee Strasberg, And I was teaching there On the Young Adult program And she was the star Of every one of the shows And there was Kids would come up to her And not know their line And she was younger than them And she would go Do you maybe want to ask me About the castle? <laughs> To help them yes. come up with their line. So she ends up the lead in the show. And <laughs> every one of these shows afterwards I would have CAA, UTA, um oh. Paradise, all, the acronyms, all these people. Yeah. Well, they all wanted to sign her. And I kept saying, No, you know what? We're gonna let her be a kid. We're gonna oh, let I her did. be a child. We're gonna let her have her childhood. Because when that's gone, you can't go back and say, now let's go have a childhood. That was great, right? We made all this money. <laughs> so I never I I said, if what was I said, if you do a hundred plays, you can decide. Anything you want to do from there. Just do 100 plays and then I'll know this is something you really love that much. And mm. Jessie did 52 plays. And as a senior in high school, she said, F you, Dad. That was so ridiculous. You can't do 100 plays. I did as many as you can and it was 52. <laughs> but then she got out of Sarah Lawrence. And uh, and when she came back, truly booked, 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 course, booked. Because she had so much confidence. Yes, but also she had really gone out, gotten educated and, and been able to fill those shoes. And yeah. understand what it would take, you know? And she did all the hard work and she, she's way better than I am. She's really <laughs> unbelievably strong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you ever like, John, did you ever have a moment where you were like, I don't want my kid to be an actor, you know, cause you've been in this life, you know. The
4: problem, the problem there, Naomi, is that I would, they, you know, Jesse could score a touchdown or kick a goal or do something athletically. And she was a very good athlete in softball would hit a home run or do something on the field. But then I would go, great job, that was awesome. If she had two lines in a play, we would talk about it from that performance until the next rehearsal for the next performance. And anytime either one of us is ever over with a show, we're not like, oh phew. We're always like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I can't I can't be who I am if I'm not performing. I don't know how to breathe. Mm -hmm. And so we have that. I also was when you were talking about an open door policy, I was thinking, I remember just thinking, I don't know the answers. So let's look through literature and find out what play to read. So we had a we had a thing in Strasbourg where all the kids were coming in lying about what they were doing. Everyone's lying to me. And I'm just as high as they were, I used to. It was all lies, so I'm going, That's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie.
3: We're talking specifically about mad. smoking weed in the alley behind the building and then showing up,
4: yeah. There. And I wasn't actually high, I'm saying I have been high, so yeah, I yeah, know yeah, what yeah. that looks like. That's yeah. all I meant, yeah. But but they would come in, and I would say, Well, you're a little snacky today, you know, we'll let you sit up in the thing, we'll have the other kids work on it. But what I was going to say is. I decided, you know what? If everyone's having trouble with honesty, *Misanthrope* by Molière is all about the difference between honesty and truth. And like, what you, if you tell somebody you look fat in that dress, that's not honest. You're just a dick. So <laughs> how do you? How do you? What's the difference there? And how do we work through that? And it's a very long play. And it's all in verse. Anyway, the idea from then on was to look at something literary and not blame the human being, like Jesse said, for having a question. It's just—it's a question, and if somebody can find a play that was written hundreds of years ago that already is serving those answers, we can kind of get over ourselves and not feel like there's this burden of, oh no, what kind of person am I?
3: But to answer your question, Naomi, um, my mom did not want me to be an actor. I I vividly (laughs) remembered the day that I was like, okay... I want to be an actor. And she was like, no, no, no. You're, she said, you're so smart. Why would you do that? You're so smart. Don't you see what your dad's going through? Don't do that. And I, was,
4: and I would be like, well, she could always be an actor and do something else later.
1: <laughs> but so your relationship is based on Moliere, whereas my parents <laughs> yes. let me read Beckett. And ours is just absurdity (laughs) and despair. Yes.
0: Yes. That is real.
4: Good Mm. answer, Andrew. (laughs) That was top notch.
0: (laughs) I wanted to ask a little bit about like dating and sort of the process, you know, something people say again, I don't know if it's real. I just feel like I hear it a lot. Like, what are you going to make up? Well, no, I was going to
1: say (laughs) the minute you said that, I just remembered like I hid my first girlfriend from my parents. Oh. For no reason. There was no reason. I just, I, for whatever, I don't know why, I was just like, oh, it'll be easier if I don't tell them that I'm dating someone. Shame. That's shame.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I mean, that's our, pro- Naomi
0: and my, that's our primary. I run on uh, shame and resentment <laughs> like yeah. the way America runs on Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just like where I'm at at all times. So, yes, I fully get it.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, and if I, if I, uh, am feeling low on energy, I'll go to the, uh, the shame, uh, gas station.
0: Yeah. And, Stick the oh, yours is a gas agency. It. Mine's a vault. And I go and I just open a memory. <laughs> and it just gets me going. Now I stick my credit
1: card in and I put the little nozzle <laughs> in my shame space.
0: <laughs> my shame space.
1: Uh, but no. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. So, Naomi, I assumed that you were going to talk about, you were going to ask about uh, dating. Like, uh, how open? No, not
0: nope. necessarily. Not that as much as like, you know, the people they always talk about it's like, oh, you, you, you date your Parent, Or you compare people to your parent or the kind of relationships you're, you know, pretty much the relationships you grew up with are the kind of relationships you then seek out romantically. So by that, I mean sort of like that openness, right? Like you grew up in a household where it was like, we don't shame here. We're going to talk it out. Like, let's get into it. Did you have that same approach, Jesse, when it came to like meeting guys and you were just like, yeah, what's up? Are we dating or not dating?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I haven't thought about it that way, but I do think I've always been very honest in relationships the same way that I was kind of taught to always be really honest. Um, And I also feel like I've never hid anything from my dad, stuff I should have hid from my dad. I wasn't hiding. (laughs)
1: Like what?
3: I mean, I mean like for instance boyfriends and stuff he always knew who i was dating and he knew like the inner workings of our relationship or who was being an asshole. And, and then also like in high school my dad was the guy who like bought me beer and drove me to my my high school parties and stuff and then at a certain point my dad couldn't drive for reasons i guess we won't say publicly and no
4: you can say it you can say it my car ran out of gas
3: yeah, yeah, uh, and and my dad would have me and my best friend Charlotte drive him to parties. And so there was a long phase when Charlotte and I were like just realizing we were a little too awkward to show up to our own high school parties. But we could go to like cool Hollywood parties with my dad.
4: Well, when we were doing that show at La- uh, not at Largo, we were at Embar. M- those were the first times, because I never drank at my house, ever. But that was the first time you and I would like split a Guinness.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Where we'd be like, you know, she'd be like, I want one of those. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll get you a Guinness. And we would be sitting in the back of a show with so, and so many great friends of ours. But the, it was a show called uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour that ended yes. up at Largo. We've been up at yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Jesse, it was Jesse was at all the very first ones of those shows. The, that was the first real blending of like, oh, you're old enough to come out to see the shows live now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it was really fun,
3: but I wasn't technically. That was a twenty-one and over bar, and I, we were like sixteen. <laughs> you were getting us yeah. through the kitchen.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is the closest we've ever come to being on a date.
3: <laughs> but so you got to be
5: more comfortable around adults yeah. than around your people your own age.
0: hmm what's that like <laughs> but wait so John did you grow up in a kind of household like where your parents um, I'm no language, right? I am
4: still like, yeah. I am still an infant <laughs> so um there is something about my childhood right now where I'm having a great time in the middle of it
0: yeah you're just <laughs> living you're living it now
4: I'm having no I really am I really am I, I I'm taking things on in a much more simple way like a kid would
0: yeah well, we're in a, a pandemic, more. so I think that's a good call.
4: Are we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the mind of a child, the freedom. I'm
4: gonna have some some nap.
1: <laughs> Wait, was there a switch over in like responsibilities when you said you were driving, driving your dad? Mm-hmm. Did you guys like kind of like switch parenting at that point?
4: Well, yeah. yeah, but even politically now, I'm, I, I will call Jesse and say, what do you think about this issue or that politician or this person? And then I think for the last... Or job, you'll call
3: me and say, hey, should I audition for this show? Will you read the sides and let me know what you think about it?
4: Yeah, like we, artistically, I feel that the boundaries thing you were talking about, it's like we kind of see our lives as frame of reference with each other. If we share something... We can then use a strand of that later when we're working together on something artistic and go, well, remember that thing that happened? Remember that? And we can take it and, and instead of becoming something bad in our lives or positive or whatever from the past, it can inform something later. And it's and that's really, you know, that's the good work.
0: Mm-hmm. It's dialectical. You use I think
4: these... so, but you tell me what yeah, that means. Yeah, no, I like, <laughs>
0: how do we mean dialectical in this
1: sense? The past... The, it's uh, it's a, a, a fundament, and it, it pops up in the future in little different transformed ways.
4: Yes, and the more open, as Jesse said, we are to it, well, then the more gold we get from it.
0: Oh, my God. I'm feeling like this is like a therapy session. I'm learning things. I'm hearing a dad yeah, tell me to be free, and it's just like it's feeding my soul <laughs> right now. I'm feeding my soul! It is as...
1: as... Uh, I have, I, I think, a good relationship with my parents, but it's a uh,
0: – <laughs> what was that laugh? Sorry. Continue. What was that laugh? Nothing. Your sister listens to the pod.
5: <laughs> uh,
0: I – what? No. Hold on. No, no. no, no. <laughs> I'm not – I'm not gonna let that go. What were you, what is what's behind that laugh? Because we were saying literally just ten minutes earlier, where we were like, we just talk about TV and movies. And yeah, you're like That's we have a great relationship. Good. It's I didn't say great. I said
1: good. I said it's a pretty. <laughs> it's a good. We're not open with each other, but it's good. We're also not contentious. That's true. All right. It's not like all right. All look. If you're
0: happy, I'm happy. <laughs>
4: You want to talk about your
0: parental relationships? We all know I'm struggling. Okay, (laughs) my God.
4: Well, Jesse would say, her friends would say to her, you know, I wish I had a dad like you. And she'd go, well, it's a lot to take care of. (laughs)
1: Like, wait, in what way? Like, yeah, Jesse. Well, like, I just mean it?
4: I was friends with her friends. I would want to hear what their thoughts were. I was a driver back and forth, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. from school for years of all the way she went to Crossroads in Santa Monica. We lived in Los Feliz. I'm not what? smart. I'm not what? smart, but it was important for me to find the best place for her to go to be the artist that she's become today. So I drove that every day, and when I couldn't drive anymore, I sometimes rode my bike down and met her and got her on the bus to teach her how to take the bus and put my bike on the front. Wow. So. We we had a lot of hours on that road with her friends, you know, not just the carpool people but even like kids from after the plays or whatever. Like every time she was in a play, she knew we're not leaving until my dad gets to tell every single person what he thought of their performance. <laughs>
3: But also, I mean, we're talking about high school. When I was in elementary school, my dad became the theater teacher. My dad started coaching my softball league. Like he was oh a very active parent, and you know, we didn't we didn't have a softball team at my French school, and my dad was like, "Well, I can just be in charge of this and make it happen." If wait, what French school? What do you mean? I went to the Lycée International de Los Angeles. It's a little French school underneath the Shakespeare Bridge in Los Angeles.
4: I wanted her to have a broad sense of language. <laughs>
3: no, Dad. It was Mom's decision, and we all know it.
4: It was the only good school in the area <laughs> that, we thought, that we felt safe out. The reason I liked it is we walked in, there was this giant field. A field I didn't realize years from now I would flatten to become softball.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know there was a French school under that bridge.
4: It's like tucked in back there. It's really pretty great. Yeah,
0: like everything in L.A. Like you have to know it's there, and you have to like find it under a bridge. Yeah. But Jesse, tell like the
4: you story did. of why we left that school because that's a good way to sum this thing up.
3: Well, there, there's there are many stories, but. uh...
4: Well, they didn't have art and science. Yeah, I, I then
3: went.
4: It's a French school with no art. Like, what is going on? But you did
1: have three classes a day about Truffaut. Wait,
3: why was there no
0: art and science?
3: It was kind of a sham. You know, I have friends who are currently sending their kids to that school, and they say that it's very different than the stories that I describe. But it was very strict, um, like a little too strict for American standards, I would say. And once I told my parents kind of what was happening, they were like, oh, we're going to apply to every middle school in Los Angeles and get you out of there.
0: Wait, What'd what they do? Happening? What did the French do? Did they hit you?
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, they like and they use colloquialisms like you are. Were- you did the work of a pig, one of these teachers said. And I went down there like, okay, who's going to get his head split open? Like, I was not happy about this.
3: Yeah, my, my nickname in the classroom was Cochon, which means pig. And when my mom asked the teacher, why is that her nickname? She was like, you know, she eats like a pig. She does the walk of a pig. She's messy like a pig. And my mom was like, yeah, the translation doesn't really work in your favor, bro. And oh and, and there was like a sim- there was a kid whose nickname was Poobell, which meant trash, and it was all the same type of stuff. You know, his homework is trash. He the, oh the things he he smells like trash. I can't smell it. Yeah, but him. you must it-
4: understand these <laughs> are colloquialisms. It means nothing. Yeah. And I would walk into the parking lot, and these, these parents, and I, I like everybody, truly, but these parents would go, oh, here comes a stuffed <laughs> And I swear to God, I would walk by knowing that was happening. a Good morning.
1: <laughs> you know. but, but this this is what we call piece of back. shit. This is mad. This is uh, yeah. dumb fuck right
3: you know we have he
0: walks like a dumb fuck he eats like a dumb
3: colloquialisms
4: exactly there was a lot of good families there
3: there definitely were but the straw that broke the camel's back was that mom was really really intense about my grades and she had like Worked really hard to make sure I was ready for this test. And I went in and I aced the test and the teacher was convinced that I had cheated because I had aced the test. So then he had everyone sit in their desks, sit in their chairs at their desks and wait while I took the test a second time. And he stood over me and watched me take the test a second time. And I was like shaking and he was humming and yes. hawing the whole time. And I got three mm. misses. Yes, that's, that's what humming and hawing sounds like. Hmm... Yes, that's the other. Yep. Uh, and so I got. Th- okay, that's enough. We're good with that. Uh, and and the teacher proved the teacher said that my mistakes were proof that I had cheated. And so when I got into my mom's car at the end of the day, she was like foaming at the mouth, ready to hear that I got an A. And when I told her I actually got a zero because he, I couldn't prove that I hadn't cheated. She talked to him and he was like, you know, even the smart kids didn't get 100 percent. And it's just hard to believe that Jesse would get 100% and my mom was like just completely infuriated and realized that it wasn't a great- They're inst- the
0: worst. I hate this guy. Is this person still teaching?
3: Name them. I don't know. <laughs> Name them. He's, that, my, that, he's that. my
0: roommate. He's my roommate. I'll get him.
3: I have been wanting to follow up. Like I want to know what's, what's, how many more kids he's, uh you know, tortured. And he, when I got into Crossroads, which is like a really fancy, like liberal arts kind of high school almost, um... He told my parents I shouldn't go there because I'll become a drug addict. <laughs> and my mom was like, if she stays here, she's going to become a drug addict.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. What a psycho. Yeah, he wasn't great. That the worst.
4: And Jessie's mom was the sm- most beautiful, smartest student I've ever seen in my life. Like, so unbelievably into school that she'd be, like, grade-grubbing when she got an A because she was pissed that it wasn't an A+. I'm not kidding, I was when I was first dating her, I'd be waiting and she'd be like, I'm just so angry. What are you angry about? <laughs> I got a freaking A. I'd be like, I don't remember a anger in my life. Right. I don't, that hasn't that's not something I'm familiar with. I don't even know that that's a real thing. But right. she was she graduated the top of her class at Tufts. So her her I, academic sense is something that Jesse has that I did not have. but her sister Connie has it. I don't have it. No, you really don't. <laughs> she,
3: she tried very hard to beat it into me and it just it never took.
4: Yeah, but you were artistic enough that she was fine with that.
3: Yes, and she was infuriated when teachers were like, I think she has ADD. My mom was like, but she can sit and read a play for hours. How is, it? How is it that this kid is like the star student in her theater class, but she can't sit through a math class to save her life? I would ask for like five bathroom breaks. They'd be like, do you have a urinary problem?
4: <laughs> also, Jessie's been directing theater since she was just a little kid because everyone around her wouldn't remember what they told what they were told and jesse would remember everything that they were told and everything that she was told so she would know no you're supposed to come from there and he does that there what is wrong with everybody like why doesn't everyone else know everything that was said at the last rehearsal and she knew all of it all the time that was a nightmare you
0: ever go have a moment where you did not want to do acting did it because it definitely feels like you grew up in the theater obviously like with your dad yeah. in these classes like I can imagine that's where you learn to read you know what I mean like it feels like it was I'm
1: imagining a 10 year old screed like throwing a play onto the a bunch of actors on stage screaming
0: it's called Uta Hagen you idiots <laughs> but like the best part would be like Jess yeah, like John like would go to the bathroom and Jesse would be left and she'd be like are you proud of yourselves mm-hmm. are you proud of yourselves
3: <laughs> <laughs> no more than that I was telling my dad to like wrap it up I'd be like okay you're- oh
4: that was the hard. I would have a class full of kids and seriously I'm not bragging but they all loved me yeah. <laughs> and, and they all would listen to me and then I'd get from the back I'd be like and guys what we're gonna try to get done if we do the whole and you would be like pacing
3: <laughs> no you wouldn't no you would not he would just yeah. talk for so long
4: pacing that was an agreed upon word that we had <laughs> to tell me dad seriously like we wanna get on stage we don't wanna hear you talk for an hour yeah And I'd be like, 10 minutes. She goes, 10 minutes is an hour.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's never been a moment that I didn't want to do this. I I do think I learned, like, the first things I was reading that didn't have pictures were scripts. I remember reading, like, I would read my dad's audition sides with him and stuff. And that was kind of how I first started to prove to myself that I could read without, like, you know, Dr. Seuss illustrations next to it. Um, Right.
4: Do you remember the, when you gave me the present of all the different cutouts of the descriptions of the things I was auditioning for?
3: No. Wait, what
4: you, did, you made me this thing. I'm pretty, pretty sure I have it. It, it, was the, it was all my auditions, and you had cut out the descriptions of the people I was auditioning for because it was all, like, unkempt and slovenly. I'm not kidding. Dumb. Idiotic. This guy has no clue. And it was all this... And I was looking at it going, oh, my God, what am I, an actress on SNL? This is horrifying.
3: (laughs) Oh,
0: my God, that's so funny. But I I
3: remember, I vividly remember asking to drop out of kindergarten, and my parents were just like, that's not not how this is going to work out for you.
0: Really? When you were five, you were like, I've got it. I know the shapes.
3: Well, because let's see, we moved to L.A. when we when I was like two. And then we lived in a house with a bunch of the guys from Mr. Show. So I was like always in a household with a bunch of comedians and like grown men wearing wigs and dresses and goofing (laughs) off. And I was always like a prop that they could use, like the, the baby in the scene or whatever it was. And I just remember when it was time for me to actually like be a kid and go to school. I was like, these kids aren't funny at all. <laughs> and, like, how come David Cross doesn't have to go to kindergarten? This is such a waste of my time. And my parents are like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's enough out of you. Just go and, like, make some some like spray painted ornaments and come home <laughs> I'm ready for a snack. So we don't funny. need you to, like, these be kids writing are sketches. Funny at all.
0: It's, like, very real to me. <laughs> I really relate to that content. None of these kids are wearing suits like Paul F. Tompkins? What's the deal?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, she said a great thing to Paul F. Tompkins once. We were, I saw her face just recognize it's the story. I won't tell it if you don't want me to.
3: It's just kind of mean. I mean, mean, this was like an example (laughs) or an early on example of you telling me like. But
4: you had so much innocence and he's like one of the kindest people and he loved you. He was reading to her. We were doing a special that was Paul and Jay Johnston were the leads in it. Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, right, Jess? Wasn't that the thing?
3: I think it was before that. I think I was younger. I think. The story that I remember was that this was like my first foray into like mean humor isn't going to get you far because you're if you if you burn all your bridges, you have no friends around like and and if if you make everyone around you feel bad, no one's left to laugh at your joke. So. Oh,
4: well, I, I remember this. This might be a different story. I was talking about the innocence when you said, what's wrong with your teeth?
3: That's what I was, that's what I was thinking oh, about. Oh,
4: but that wasn't a joke. You were really asking him.
3: Yeah, but that was how you explained to me, don't say mean things to people. Oh, <laughs> I
4: see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Right. Ask me the question first, and then I'll tell you what's wrong with the person's teeth. Yeah. And yeah, okay, I see what you're saying.
3: But yeah, yeah. long story short, I made Paul cry because I asked him what was so wrong with his teeth, Aww. right? Oh, Jesse! Well,
4: but you, to your point, he was in a suit; he looked great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Always, yeah. Always dressed for the occasion. But like,
1: how you, you were—you were young. I was like four. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. 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 My—that's like when my sister, as like a four-year-old, went up to the rabbi and gave him the middle and like flipped him off and said, "This is the bad word finger."
0: i was like well she's not wrong you know when jesse was was
4: one and two we were doing a a show called uh with david cross called cross comedy in boston and she was with me all day so she was at every rehearsal and i brought a playpen to Mm. rehearsal but i would try to put her in the playpen and always another actor comedian would come over pick her up and like show her what's going on with the so she literally grew up in sketch like her whole childhood she was in the stage on the stage at rehearsal you know it was just what we do
0: oh my god that's so awesome i'm like yeah. oh my god you are the coolest child and you are the coolest toddler <laughs>
3: but then i was a nightmare to go to kindergarten with because when, by the time i was in kindergarten i was like i got caught writing a, a note between. i think this is like first or second grade maybe i wrote a note to someone who had been mean to me at recess and the note just said you're not in the show And and my teacher, my teacher was like, "What's this note?" She saw that there was a note being passed around. She's like, "What is this?" And she read it out. She, "You're not in the show." And I was like, "I'm casting a production. If anyone wants to audition, we're gonna have lunchtime rehearsals. And Zineb is not invited."
4: That is so good. That oh. was the harshest thing that we've ever heard to say about anyone. You know what? They're not in the show. <laughs> They're not oh in the show. God. How do you even live not being in the right. show?
0: Right. You're like, how do you make, like, that's how you knew how to make someone cry. Just say, you're not in the show. That is how you bring someone to their <laughs> knees. That's. And it's like, oh, God, so real. So real. So how have you stayed? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to
1: ask this because I've been, this. Is, I've been waiting. Is there something that, like, is too, a bridge too far to share between you guys? or is it literally that open? Like, there's nothing that you guys wouldn't-
4: I wouldn't burden Jesse with details of something, you know, from my side, but I would definitely say to her, here's how I'm feeling, does this sound normal? Or, you know, I don't like the way I'm feeling, I feel uncomfortable, and you know, we help each other break down stuff, but most of the time, it's just sharing, you know, we share our lives together. Mm-hmm. And I and I miss her desperately with this pandemic that I don't get to hug her all the time. You know, we we get to work still on Zoom and that's fantastic. But when I hug the computer, it looks a little like this. It's just, <laughs> it's just not. It's not. It's a little clunky. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's cold. It's a cold. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: But I did get to see you recently, and you looked fantastic, and it was great to to get to
0: hug you. Thanks, Dad. You guys are just cute as a button. I think we should take a quick break, and then we can get into it handling some audience scandal why don't we we'll be back after this
2: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with
1: doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify.
2: Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
1: Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because We're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies. And frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out, but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angels feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. Me undies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I got to point this out. There is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know, Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is. So I asked friend of the show, friend in real life Mort Burke to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words. I can say medical words. You might be interested in me undies' sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable. Contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at Me Undies. So to get twenty percent off your first order plus free shipping, go to meundies.com/therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in.
0: Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings and I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers. But I'm still trying to look put together and the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray, and it is so friggin' soft and comfortable, and it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. And if you wanna join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes gotta miss a bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios.
1: And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple.
0: Five stars, please. It'll only take ten seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And we're, we're back. back with Jesse and John Ennis, the people that make me believe parenthood is possible. Um, <laughs> now that I feel like now that we've unpacked so much, um, you know, what I mean, like we got a sense of your dynamic where you guys are coming from. I feel like that is good now for the listener, because as we're going to answer a couple audience questions. Great. All right. Some listener questions. They come in. They come to us. Couples therapy is a safe space. OK, so people are coming at us with it all. All of it. And so and I feel like, you know, now that they kind of know who is going to be answering their question. You know what I'm saying? And Andrew, would you like to give us the first?
1: I would. I like to always start out with a little bit of a softball. And uh, this, but although I'll, I'll say this a little bit apropos based mm-hmm. on some of the stuff we, this is by complete accident, but apropos nonetheless. <laughs> this is Anonymous from Gmail. Hey, Naomi and Andy, love you guys and love the pot. I always include the compliments.
0: I always say too much, too much. Hope you no, and
1: Mabel are doing well as, we quar- <laughs> as the quarantine drags on.
0: This is just a personal letter.
1: So here's my question. Throughout Quar, one of my friends has occasionally dropped baked goods off at my house. Cookies, a slice of cake, just a little bit of whatever batch she has recently made. This has happened maybe five to six times since March. I haven't had in-person hangs in months, and I love a treat, so win for me. However, I have noticed that everything she gives me has a very specific taste. (laughs) It's (laughs) What? Hold on.
5: This is so weird.
1: It's like a musty In quotes, old house flavor. Oh, no. (laughs) That makes the food inedible. My boyfriend noticed it too, and we realized it tastes like their house smells. (laughs) So, smells, okay? This goes back to the smells. Oh, my God. Uh, From when we used to go to their house. I don't know what the source of the smell is, but it's very (laughs) earthy. And distinct. Oh god I've had to throw most of what she has given me away because <laughs> the taste slash smell is so overpowering. <laughs> what the heck do I do with this information? Every time I picture telling my friends that the food tastes like her house smells, I feel like <laughs> it's not worth the awkwardness to say anything. We are close, but this seems like it would cross some kind of line. I also don't know what outcome I want. I don't <laughs> want her to feel embarrassed. <laughs> And it's not really her fault. I would love to know if you or your guests have any experience with this or any helpful feedback. I basically just need to tell someone about it. <laughs> yeah, someone in all caps. <laughs> Even if you don't have any answers, it's sort of silly and weird and seems like a good discussion material in capital T, these capital T times. Uh, thank you so much for listening to me. All my best sincerely aftertaste aftermath (laughs) so okay two things honesty and smells that have have come up in the
3: first half yes and softball and And softball softball. um okay i've got i've got a few things to say the first is that i just watched an episode of great british baking show where the dairy girls were the guest stars yes dad you need to watch that he's a huge dairy girls fan oh my god one of the girls baked something, and when Paul took a bite of it, he said it tasted musty, and it was because of the sugar she was using. So maybe the most delicate way to ask without specifically saying it tastes like an old house, you say, hey, what kind of sugar do you use? And then maybe if she just says regular plain white and brown sugar, then don't go further. What I would do is never say a word. <laughs> I would just keep receiving the baked goods, don't eat them, enjoy the... The the you know personal connection that you get out of it, and I wouldn't insult someone's baking.
4: I would say this: it's your sweat, and they're your cousins.
0: <laughs> so gross. <laughs> their sweat. That person. I mean, the person who cooked it. It's like the friend's yep. sweat in the yep. baked goods. Yeah. And that person is your cousin. Yeah. Now so you can't eat that. So you can't eat it. But see, okay, but this is interesting though because it does go to. I know what you're saying, Jesse. Where you're like, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't insult their baking. However. I have definitely been, ins- we were talking about the situation where like, s- for instance, someone gives me s- something every year for my birthday that like I'm not really into. Yeah. I feel like it's now been so long that it's like way too late to say something. Mm-hmm. But I would also, lo- but funny. then I, every time I have this thing that I just end up having to throw away. Yeah. And it's almost like I don't want them to waste their money or their time. Like to me, like my thing is like you can't say you're a terrible baker, but maybe you got to say something like I'm off sugar or something. So it's like, Uh, I was going to say
4: when after the fifth tuna casserole, you just explain, Oh, I'm not eating fish.
0: Right. You got to do something. So like, it's not at your door. Cause basically it's like when someone like gives you a flyer, it's like, you just gave me something to throw away for you. That's (laughs) what that was. And I feel like
3: that's it.
4: Yeah. It might be a dusty house.
3: I don't think that would make the cookies taste different. I think it's an ingredient that they're using in their baking.
4: Well, like in a, if you lo, if you hang a towel up in the shower, I, and know, you just about leave it there, I know about
3: that. I know about. I know,
4: but I'm saying it absorbs the 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 thing. Scent. You know, you know. But cookies don't do so that. Wrong.
0: Cookies don't do that.
4: Well, maybe they're making them in the bathroom.
0: It could be a small apartment, or maybe there's
1: black mold in the ductwork.
4: And that's, black mold. That's actually delicious. You don't want to miss out on the black mold <laughs> cookie.
0: <laughs> I mean, they must have something. I mean, because also couldn't like because when you say what their house smells like i'm assuming again i don't really bake much but you know spices get old right like they kind of yeah. lose their like potency or their flavor so if you're using some old like an old cinnamon stick that's like mostly cardboard now it could be something like that yeah don't you think <laughs> andy i'm like trying to think. like doesn't really doesn't
4: make a spice dirty that says old smelly house
3: the fuck is dirky? who's
0: dirty?
4: Durkee's, like, the biggest uh, spice company that sells to all the restaurants.
3: In, like, I Massachusetts? I about the restaurant wholesalers, Oh, you guys John. are going to learn
4: so much today. So, <laughs> Durkee was established in 1927 as a spice... No. All
3: right. I think it's clear that none of us know enough about baking to confidently say that it's what the issue is with the baking. Well, what was the
0: sugar? Remember you said on British Baking Show, what was the sh- Did they say what kind of sugar it was? They did, but us? it
3: didn't stick. It went in one ear and out the other. I just remember it was something, some type of sugar, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's what your problem is.
4: Oh, it's bone sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Bone
0: sugar. Spider sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good God. So, yeah. Uh, you can't have these at your house anymore. You got to say you're off sugar. You're not seeing this person in person. So they're not going to know if you're lying. So just be like, thank you. I'm off it because there's something very upsetting to me about a musty cookie. That's very sad. I think it ruins the vibe. You're like, ooh, a present. Ooh. Yeah, it's tragedy
1: in food form.
0: Exactly, yeah. tragedy in food form. What play is that, John?
4: <laughs> well, tragedy in food form, I think, uh, Book of Liz by Emmy Sedaris. I knew right. that's okay. what he
3: was going to say. <laughs> that's uh, so good. That is about, that's about sweaty cheese balls, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, her, her winter cheese balls. Yeah. She sells it right. like gourmet garage.
4: She really does do that, yes. Mm-hmm. But in her play... It's a it's an Amish-type community that, that they call Squeamish. And <laughs> she's told, we're going to bring in this new guy to make the cheese balls. And she created it when she was 12. She been making them her whole life. And they realize later, at the very end of the play. So we've ruined the play. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> of
1: Is there a funny way? I'm trying to think of, like, a disarming way you could you could actually tell them that their food sucks. And I, I don't have one in my head. But I'm just, like, wondering. I'm like, because I just remember my aunt um, – she would, uh, she, my grandmother made borscht once and my, um my, my, that's my dad's mom. And then my mom's sister would come over for like Passover and had borscht there or something like that. And she like hated it, but she was like, oh, it's good. And then my grandmother just kept making borscht for my aunt <laughs> and she would have to eat it every time she was over at my grandmother's house. And she hated it every single time. And like, there ha- is there a way to spare every spare someone's feelings and someone's taste buds at the same time in
0: a funny, disarming way? I put a lot of caveats into this. <laughs> no, but this is real because we talk about this like when you go to someone's house and they give you food and you're like, I don't really like it, but you certainly don't want to be rude. But then if, you, if they if you they think you like it, then they up in here giving you a plate of seconds. Yeah, and you're like, God damn it! I was just being feel like- you know, at
4: times in life, we really don't want anything sweet, you know, like I just I, I, I've I don't never think been you there. Say, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't understand think, that. Okay, well, I mean, there's times when it's just like, ah, not right now, maybe because I'm a heavy set man, but when I'm like, that's not going to be good or whatever. But I think there's something to the idea of just saying, not you're a bad cook, but just like, oh, my God, I can't do any more baked goods right now. Thank you so much. So make it about yourself. never tell somebody. I could, I,
3: yeah, I don't think I could ever tell someone I don't like what they make. I think I would just blame it on myself.
4: Yeah, now you're yeah. saving the waiter and going home with the angry date. <laughs> what? In other words, Jess, I see your face. In other words, <laughs> if you're on a date with somebody and the waiter is being nice, but the person you're with is suddenly being mean to the waiter, you cannot you cannot in, in, in a smart way say, I'm so sorry, this person's a jerk to your date. But you try to deal with the fact that how would I tell this person they're not doing the right thing? Um, and they're not behaving correctly. I
3: feel like we've mixed two things together that have nothing to do with each other.
4: All right. Well, I only went too far because your face was squib- all squished up.
3: <laughs> I think the answer is you go home with the waiter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You got right. another one, Andy. Well, uh, here's a voicemail. Oh, I love it, you guys. Oh, I yay. love We get a voicemail because I feel like the voice lets me know where they're at emotionally. Yes.
2: Hey, Andy and Naomi. Um, I apologize if you guys have already discussed something similar to this. I'm kind of new listening. But I have an issue where whenever I talk with my mother-in-law, all of our conversations are her complaining to me about weight whether it's like her personal weight and like mind you she's like super in shape she's got like a rock and bod but she's always like i'm so fat right now blah 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 whether it's her complaining about her husband's weight um and it's super awkward because for me personally i'm like recovering from kind of disordered eating i'm like working with a nutritionist and a therapist and going through a program for it and she knows that and still Every time we talk, like, this comes up as the main topic of combo. So I do – I really like her, and, like, we're in it for the long haul. I really want to make sure that things work out between us, but I'm kind of stuck for, like, steering our conversation away from this issue that's, like, harmful, and, like, I just don't want to talk about it.
5: Yeah. Okay.
2: Oh,
0: that's real. That's, that's hard. Great.
4: I love this one. I love that person's honesty. I think that that's the key to her. The way she was honest with us, she needs to go and be honest. If they're going to talk all the time and she wants to, to maintain this beautiful friendship that she has with the person but doesn't like that aspect of it, tell her, I'm being triggered. I didn't realize it. But oh my gosh, that's what's happening. You talking about weight is triggering me and it's, and it's making me upset. And I've got to do some more work on my weight and then we can go back and talk about this. And I appreciate... <laughs> I appreciate you listening to me because I didn't realize, I don't think if we were talking about this all the time, I would have understood what was bothering me. Mm. But being honest, I think Jesse said it earlier, it, it's like now you've been honest. You've said it. If the person does it again, oh my gosh, I'm being triggered again. And be honest because there's no way for that woman to know that she's being triggered until she says those words
3: and how lovely is it to hear a nearly 60 year old man say the word triggered 15 times in a minute
0: (laughs) i feel seen you're triggering me with
4: that jesse jesse you're (laughs) triggering me with that
0: honesty is scary
1: the, I think that I think a lot of questions we you know we get. It's because people are scared to say this. You know whether you're uh, whether you're eating you know the taste of old wood or <laughs> whether you know your mother-in-law or whatever is triggering you with uh by, you know with a uh, talk of weight and stuff like that. It's scary to say to some anything, especially like the more vulnerable you have to be in your honesty.
0: Yeah. I think it's not just, like, how vulnerable you have to be. I think it's about specifically specifically the relationship you have. When it's someone, to me, it's almost harder the closer I am to somebody because I know that relationship is going to last. Like, whatever I say is going to affect the next interaction, the next interaction. Like, I can say stuff to strangers. I think that's, like, part of really, like, on in stand-up, I'll say whatever. Because right. it's kind of like... <laughs> Nobody going to call me on it. Like, I ain't going to have to deal with them again. Like, I just get to talk at them and be like, yes, I ate pasta for breakfast. And then I just go home and I don't get any feedback, you know? Um, But whereas I think with these kind of relationships, I mean, you know, that mother-in-law dynamic or just that person where... Because at first I thought, because the file was titled Critical Mother-in-Law, so I thought it was going to be that the mother was criticizing her weight. But I'm like, oh, no, at least we're not, you know, that far. Right. Thank God. But um, to just say, like, I, I think there's an easy way to diffuse this, too. Like, if you're saying, like, first of all, what mother-in-law would not want to be told they have a and bod? So you need to literally just tell her, you got a and bod. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Stop bragging, hottie. Yeah, and then just I like, like that pivot it to you know whatever else i think if you can do it in a way that's like a compliment kind of a joke and then just talk about whatever else and you can just be like do you want to hear about me and your son's sex life <laughs>
4: You know, like just
0: whatever to shake it up but
4: i also think there's something to not practicing sort of you know ageism sexism mother-in-law ism And saying that this person has to stay within that label and if you're honest with them they could come out of that label and now they're your friend too. And then the honesty can, can feel a lot more real to both sides.
0: That's true. That's very true. I mean It's not
4: funny, but it's true.
0: <laughs> no, 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 but you're right. No, it's true. But it's like I don't, I'm always like I'm. I mean, I'm always gonna diffuse with tension. I, I, I try to. It's a lot. I mean, diffuse with humor. Diffuse with tension. But um, yeah, you also do. I just diffuse with tension. I give us something new to be upset about. Um, but, like try to just be like, but not like a lie. Like I, I mean, because it's still honest, right? Where I'm like, you're gorgeous. Stop talking about your weight. Like, you can make that funny, but it's still honest, which is like, stop talking about your damn weight. I don't want to hear about your weight. You're fine. <laughs> you know? And like, that's like the truth. And But it's also, I don't know, Jesse, do you ever feel this way? Like, I don't know a single woman with whom I could not talk about food or weight with. Yeah. Meaning, like, every woman, we all have a narrative around food. I don't know any person who just eats and is done with it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's all like, well I don't know when I felt guilty, or I was good and I had lettuce and like you know it's (laughs) it's not just food yeah absolutely and and I think it can be really tricky because on one hand I think for some people that can be a bond or like an easy way to connect because it's like you get it foodie thing whatever you know Um, but then I think obviously it comes on the flip side of for some people it's triggering for some people it's boring as hell for some people you know what I mean like it's a lot but I don't know because I know a lot of, fr- I have a lot of friends and just people where it's like, we just talk about, like, it's just a thing.
3: Yeah, you just talk about your body and about food and it's like an open conversation. You can always pick right back up at the next time you have to eat. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and it's like the worst. And then I'm like, we've got to stop doing that because I don't think men have, like, most, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm mean like, again, I'm just saying, I'm like, I don't know a single woman who just, like, I'm on a Marco Polo group. We've been talking about salad for three polos. <laughs> and it's like, how did we get here? We all have degrees. Here, let me throw this at you guys.
1: I've, now that you've said this, I have a horseshoe theory of honesty. Wow, okay, You can okay. be very honest with strangers and also very honest in and in intimate relationships. Like, I feel like you're... Uh, you, we, you and I are very honest about it. to things. a fault. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and so, as honest as you can be on stage, you are in this. And then it's the the difficult ones are the people who are so on the the other parts of this horseshoe that I make you with the, my The fingers. dip of the horseshoe. The so you dip of the horseshoe. The each That's end. where being honest with those people <laughs> yep. is difficult.
3: Boom where's my where's my book contract and here's my theory (laughs) on on the dip of the horseshoe is where I just blame myself I just get really honest about myself and where I'm at Mm. in my process or I have this weird thing where I just don't really like cookies these days or you know (laughs) I've gone through a lot with you know what I would say to this woman which what I would say to her uh mother-in-law if I was in her position would be like you know I've I've overcome a lot of self-judgment with my weight and I could I could talk to you about that or maybe we could agree that it's not this relationship doesn't really get strengthened by us talking about weight because because I don't really have a lot to say about it without feeling my own self judgment come up. Mm,
0: That's true. That's true. Hmm. That would be I think so. I think you're right, though. I think though when but when you are real about it and the same thing you were saying, John, like when you do say like, hey, this is where I'm at, you know, No one can argue with that. They can't argue with where I'm at. You know, it can't be like, stop it. You're a stupid bitch. Well, that's an argument. (laughs) That you're going to have to take issue with. But if you're just like, hey, I'm at a place where talking about food makes me really sad. So you want to talk about... And the same goes
3: for, like, people wanting to break quarantine or wanting to come hang out with me. Like, I realized me telling somebody... I see your level of activity and I judge you for it and don't want to be around you is not going to get us very far. But if I say where I'm at right now with this pandemic is that I I get really stressed out when I'm around other people. I really need to have my own space. And and right now the way that I'm navigating it is by being alone with, you know, the man that I live with and just the two of us and we get our groceries delivered and We don't go anywhere, and and I know that might be a little more stringent than what the CDC is recommending, but that's what's making me feel safe, and I hope you can Mm -hmm. accept that. It completely like releases that judgment that I'm fully Mm -hmm. holding (laughs) towards the people who want (laughs) to hang out with me, but it's not a part of the conversation. All I'm talking about is how I'm kind of weird, and I'm being kind of kooky about this thing that everyone should be taking more seriously.
0: Right, right, right. I hear that. I'm with you on that. Indy, you got one more for the road? Oh, wait, John, what were you going to say?
4: I was just going to say there's that book, Melody Beatty, um, The New Codependency, and it, it talks about, about as, as far as the mother in law, that I thought that that girl did such a good job articulating that she never stops, that it's always coming back to this. And at that point, it is our fault. And I think we start to look at somebody and we're upset because we see a reflection of ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to talk about weight. She doesn't want to do these things. So she, I. It feels like it's OK to also bring it back to yourself and say, oh, my gosh, I guess every time you say this, it's upsetting me. That was all.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Also plan what you want to say. You know, you make fun of me, but sometimes I plan my talking points when I know we're going into dinner with people who I find very difficult to talk to. I literally am like, OK, what did I watch on HBO? What did <laughs> I just read? Like, just bring it to the front of mine so I can, like, pull something yes. out. when And I for, and it. for okay, difficult
3: please. conversations, sometimes I have like a note in my in my phone where I write down certain points I want to hit during this tense conversation because when I get into a tense conversation I start shaking I get really nervous and I start being very self-critical and if I have like a well executed sentence just written in my thing I can just read it and I sound like I'm, I'm in control of my thoughts and it's way way easier for me than just thinking off the top of my head
1: that's so true. Me, I've got an improv background, so. <laughs>
0: wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Someone takes advanced study and Whenever
4: someone wrong. says that to me, that's like a trust fund.
1: <laughs> no, I worked my I worked my
0: ass off. No, through. I'm saying
4: improv background. It's as good as a trust fund. <laughs> oh, as good uh, oh, as, as. Oh as good yeah, as. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Set for life. <laughs> Set for life. All right. We're
4: good. We're good.
0: This
1: one comes to us from AJ uh, as a DM on Instagram. Me and my wife had a baby about four months ago. Congratulations. are coming up, and she just asked me if we can go to visit her family. I was like, okay, that's cool. But then she proceeded to ask me, what if they don't want you there? Can me and him go? How would you guys feel about that?
0: Wait, meaning her and the baby? Yeah.
1: (laughs) No. What if my parents don't want
0: you there? What
1: if me and the baby just go? It's obvious that the in-laws do not like me, but they want to see our son. Shouldn't the wife stand up for her husband? Yes, uh, And Sorry. her family? To her
0: family? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a softball question to me. And my, to that my, is... answer,
4: my answer is whatever makes his wife pleased is what he should do. If that's going to help her face her family this first time, and he's able to say, of course, sweetheart, then the next time they're going, really, that's what he said? And things start to soften. And they start to realize I don't think he's what we thought he was. So I Hmm. think there's no better answer than what would be best for you, honey. Tell your mother I said that, (laughs) Jesse.
0: So you (laughs) think he should go to her and be like, What do you need what do you need Whatever's
4: best for you? If that's the if that's gonna I just wanna help you, I wanna bring you to the place that you need to be. And if that's gonna put me alone for two or three days without taking care of you and the baby, okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But here's a question though, what do you think about that whole? not necessarily just in-laws, but you know like you're like let's say you know when you're with someone it's like your best friend doesn't like them or you know you don't like their parents or whatever else. you know, is that ever something you should really tell somebody? No right? It's just like <laughs> just life.
4: It's just life every single day we go through it.
0: I'm like you can't so because like to me it's like she should stand up to them like as much as she wants to but i don't think it's it's not something she should put on him like it shouldn't be like my family doesn't like you it's like no that doesn't help anybody right. whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, you there. know what i like that
4: what if she goes and says um yeah he had no problem but he's got to come next time because i really want you guys to see us together things have changed we're really excited to be together whatever yeah yeah but, yeah but i don't think ruining her time with her family by bashing up against them is helpful
3: hmm i
0: see what you're saying
3: yeah, that's very mature, Dad. That's Well, very also
4: mature. it's pandemic. That's part of this this puzzle mm-hmm. is they don't know where he's been, like you said, about not trusting certain people about where they've been. They, they have to see their daughter and their baby, but where's he been?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that could be part of it. Definitely. That could be part of it. Even though I still think, yeah, it's like, you know, the thing is, this is one of those questions. It's funny because sometimes we'll be getting the questions that are like nine paragraphs, and then this is one of those ones I actually wish was a couple more paragraphs because I need to know your dynamic up into this moment. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, it's clear they don't like me. It's like, how long y'all been together? Do we think that you know what I mean? Like, I kind of do. They not s- like you for a good reason, <laughs> honey. What you been? We all did you cheat and you got back
3: together? Yeah, you know, on they any don't. Of those. They don't
4: like me, but I've run out of their meds. I really need to get back <laughs> to the house.
3: <laughs> But my mom always says everything changes when you have a baby so like i have a friend who's uh significant other i'm not thrilled with and she's like well when they have a baby that's different like that's that you're related forever that and and, and you want that baby to have a good life like you don't want them to constantly be like oh yeah my aunt hates my dad or whatever the thing is
0: but like but, like, for instance, you know, you and your dad are super close. It sounds like you're, you know, your whole family's close. Yeah. You know, how important was that, Jesse, for your partner to kind of be in
3: with the crew? It was, like, it was very important. Yeah, it was very important. He
4: could not be a more lovely man.
3: He's so tall. <laughs> He's very
0: tall.
4: I didn't He's recognize, tall. I didn't notice that.
0: I did. I was very surprised.
4: I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've known you for
0: was... so long. I like literally well, cause it's like you know he's normally like he's either like standing or he's like in the shadows, and then at one point he like <laughs> walked by dick? me and I was like, "Excuse me."
4: You <laughs> to be clear, yeah, that for means the he's great at his job, right? My
3: dad, hey, to be I like clear, that. my fiance Max is a cameraman who frequently is hidden behind like a little cloth on set yeah, so that he can be a cloth. cloth?
1: Like an old timey
3: cat? Yes, yes, exactly. Because it it makes him feel, first of all, it gives him more privacy and there aren't people like looking over his shoulder, but it also creates another barrier in terms of COVID and everything.
0: Oh. Oh. It was just funny the first time he walked by and I was like, who's that? (laughs) Slenderman. I was like, who's that Slenderman? But like, so like, but the thing is, like, Jesse, for instance, you start dating, how soon? In general, because you said you know your dad knew who you were dating or whatever. But how soon would you introduce somebody to the family and be like, "Come over, meet everybody"?
3: Um, how soon was that? We started dating when I was in Atlanta. I was working on a movie called Life of the Party, and then like a week after that, he and I went to when we wrapped. I went to New Orleans and hung out with him, and then he was living in New York. I think it was like two more weeks, and then he flew to LA. I met my whole family. So It was like a month. But like, I got like,
4: four calls. I got four calls from Atlanta. I like this boy. This this boy yeah. is really sweet. He won't ask me out. This boy is really sweet. Yeah, he, he did ask me out. We had dinner together. You know, I got a call yeah. after each one of those yes, things happened. Whenever,
3: whenever I tell my dad I think I'm starting to fall in love, he asks me to send him a selfie. So my dad has, like, <laughs> like some selfies of, of me, like the days that I say, like, I think I really like this guy. He's like, I want to see your face. And I'll be like... You know, send him a very grinny yeah. picture. And so, <laughs> and, and then... Uh, and
4: there's there's the one from when you met Max and you're... Yeah. Her whole, her whole like, yeah. head is glowing. She's <laughs> just glowing with, oh my God, this person actually thrills me on every level.
0: Oh my God. I oh, that's it. so
1: interesting. Could you tell the difference? Could you see that if like I, I played like, uh, if I like got a bunch of pictures of Jesse and like mixed them all up. And I held like held them up. Could you f- figure yeah. out the ones where she's yeah. in love? I definitely.
4: I believe could. I could tell you. That's an eight fifteen call time.
3: Eight <laughs> fifteen. That's so late.
4: I'm just I know. saying. That's why you're glowing. She's fairly <laughs> relaxed, so but she's working today. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I, I...
3: there there is a specific one. There are two. The the one before Max, and then the Max uh like i think i'm falling in love selfie and the one before max we were at a diner and i told you that me and the the at the time guy that i was seeing we had had a conversation about like boyfriend girlfriend and he had said i don't want you to call me your boyfriend but we're we can unofficially be exclusive and i remember being like dad he said that i'm like not he's like my not boyfriend and my dad was like "Uh uh-huh and then I was, I, I was so happy. And my dad took a picture of me. And in the picture, I'm kind of, like, smirking but, like, frowning at the same time. And, like, my face is all contorted, but my eyes are, like, electric. And, and looking back on it, I'm like, that's a picture of someone who's being lied to. And then the one with me and Max, I'm like, that's a picture of someone who's being courted in a very, like, professional and mature way. Because yeah. Max and I really did a good job of not you know, muddying the waters at work. We didn't want to start mm-hmm. dating and then have something bad happen and still have to work together for a month. So we yeah, waited yeah. until we were fully wrapped. And I feel like yeah, that, guys. it just really
0: built that uh, lovely yeah, tension. Tension, get that romantic tension. That's so good. Oh, uh, Andy, wasn't this good? What Don't you it? feel warm? Yeah, this was a, uh, 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 I want this kind of parental <laughs> I know, I just want this kind of relationship.
4: Jessie really is a hell of a parent. <laughs>
0: she is. She's a wonderful mother. Well, she is very, Jessie's, like, very warm, though. Like, she came up to me, I remember, like, the last day of this season, where you, and you were just like, because I think it's like, it's funny, because her character is so mean and crazy, and she does it so well. I was <laughs> like, I remember one of the first things I said to you, I go, were well, you a bitchy girl
3: in high school? That, were you a mean and, girl in high school? And I was like, no, I was on the receiving end of a lot of mean girls, which is why I can play it, because I've seen it. You knew it so well, but then
0: you're also like so earnest. Where I was like, "Is she punking me?" <gasps> like you, can, you were like, "But I knew you weren't." But like, because you were like, you were like, "It was really good to act with you. You did very wonderful today." And I was like, "Thank you. <laughs> I mean, thank you so much. This is huge." Like just very strengths based, very supportive. Like you should, you could have gone into social work Aww, if you had yeah. chosen. <laughs> to do something
1: you're, else. and you're not used to hearing supportive
0: words from a uh, <laughs> uh, kind of parental ish right from a mother from a mother um oh. to just hear that you did well you know we're coming with our own baggage don't take this <laughs> on jesse and john this until is
4: until right now at. i thought you guys were on split screens
1: <laughs> until i started rubbing naomi's back
4: i swear to god i thought the door was this, was the window on your side? And then I kept thinking, "Well, how are they looking at each other? That's so interesting."
0: Well, I'm so glad we cracked that case for you before yeah, we did Yeah, and now that I
4: see that behind Andrew's head is the same color wall, a lot's coming clear to me.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm really glad you got into acting and not detective work.
0: Why,
4: honey? <laughs>
3: Oh my
0: god, Jesse and John, thank you so so much for being on the podcast. And everyone, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye. Bye. thank you
4: guys.
5: Uh, 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 uh,
3: uh, <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well.